Once You Know, You Know, a podcast for busy women to level up their health and fitness so that they can get off the diet merry-go-round for good. This is real lessons from real women and industry professionals on how you can improve your health and fitness habits and discover just how incredible your body is and is designed to feel. I'm Lindsay Parkinson and I'll be your host. Let's get stuck into the episode. Hey friend, trick a warning for today's episode. The following discussion involves topics related to overeating. If you find this type of content distressing or you're currently struggling with some form of disordered eating behaviors, I advise skipping this week's episode, exercising caution and making sure that you seek appropriate support. If you're in need of assistance, it's crucial to consult with your healthcare professional or mental health expert who can provide you with guidance and support tailored to your individual circumstances as nothing discussed in this episode should be used to treat or diagnose anything that you're going through as it is just general advice and and general in nature. So please proceed how you like and make sure that you take care of your mental health first. Welcome back to Once You Know, You Know. And in today's episode, I am going to be tackling the topic of overeating and portion control. This was a question that came through on Free Coach Friday not that long ago and had an overwhelming response to do a podcast on it because it is actually quite an in-depth topic and there are lots of different strategies you can use. There's lots of different reasons why it can happen. So I know that this week I said that I would bring you a beautiful, inspiring story from my wonderful friend Annie, but it turns out we talk underwater. So it was really, really long and I need to break it up into a couple of episodes. So that one will be coming very very shortly. So for this week, we are going to touch on what I briefly sent out an email about on my Monday mail. If you're not on the list for my Monday mail, my friend, it is definitely something you want to sign up for because not only do I talk about other topics that I don't usually approach on my podcast or on my Instagram, it's usually where I send out my recipes as well. And a lot of people ask me about them on Insta. So if you want to jump on that list, head over to my website, www.lindsayparkinsonfitness.com and then pop in your details and you'll be automatically added to the list. So let's think about overeating and portion control can be linked probably like a lot of things within our body. We are like big giant clocks. You know, you turn one cog and four or five others may turn. And it's the same sort of thing when we don't really know what our energy intake should be. Sometimes the simplest thing that we think to do is, oh, okay, I've just got to eat less and move more. Now, when we reduce our portion sizes quite dramatically and put ourselves in a very strong calorie deficit, which can happen when somebody gets quite frustrated with where they're at in their health journey or their body composition journey, that restriction can then sometimes cause overeating later on. Your body's incredibly smart. Now, you might be able to eat very small portions of food and restrict, restrict, restrict for a short period of time. For example, think about a juice cleanse, right? If you're eating, that's going to put you in a very, very strong calorie deficit. I very much do not recommend those unless you are being advised by a medical professional for another reason as to do one of those. However, you're going into a very, very strong calorie deficit for a short window. You're going to be hungry, probably really lethargic, and people just sort of pass it up. It's like, oh, it's toxins leaving my body. Part of it may be that, but also your body is crying out for nutrients. It is saying, hey, it's really, really difficult for me to function on such a small amount of food and very little fiber. So, you know, at the end point, it can actually be very difficult to go back to eating regular portion sizes if you actually know what they are, because quite often all you've done is, whether it be a juice cleanse or just really bringing down your portion sizes for a short period of time, your body's very clever at knowing when it's in a calorie deficit. And then when you finally allow yourself to eat maybe regular food again, then you may end up overeating more than what you need because your body is willing you to eat to make up for what it's lost. It's very, very clever. I would never suggest to my clients to go into a really strong calorie deficit for that reason is because you can get so far with it, but then it is very common to overeat. For example, a lot of people will do this during the week. They'll be like, yep, I'm good Monday to Friday. I put good in quotation marks because that's a lot of of what people think. I'm being good Monday to Friday. 
And then they think because they've played with that restriction for a certain period of time that what happens on the weekend won't necessarily count because it should still offset what they've done during the week. But that's very rarely the case. And it is definitely the case in most, I'm going to say 98% of people. If you think that you're in a strong calorie deficit Monday to Friday and you think you're in a mild calorie deficit, you know, Friday night through to Sunday, but you're not losing any weight, chances are that you're not actually in a calorie deficit. You might be in maintenance or potentially surplus. So we don't actually get taught very often what our portion sizes should be. This is something that I teach when I coach my clients is that I actually work out what their energy requirements are based on their own personal parameters and how much they're training. And then I give them their suggested portion sizes and then they work with that. So then they learn how much of this macronutrient they should be having, how frequently they should be having it, what foods they should be choosing. So it all becomes really flexible. That's what learning about your own energy requirements are. And it is really, really successful because once you know, like the podcast, you know, but until you know that and until you learn that, it's really difficult to go, oh, is this how much of this macronutrient I should be having? Who knows? People tell me that all I've got to have all the healthy fats. Sometimes what I find is that people have way more healthy fats than what they realize, but because all they've been taught about is the health benefits of, you know, particular types of fats, say like your avocado or even your olive oil and things like that, that people go overs in them and don't realize, okay, well, just even though they've got some really great health properties, they also have quite a lot of calories. And if I am trying to be in a calorie deficit, how much of those products do I need to help with my health balance, but also to make sure I stay in my calorie deficit. This is where it can become really, really tricky. So restriction can often lead to overeating. So it's where a lot of people go wrong. And sometimes it ends up leading into that restriction reward cycle that I talk about where, you know, oh, I've been so good. I've been so good. Oh, I'm going to allow myself to have this. I deserve it. And then every time you feel like you need to deserve that particular item, you then feel like you must need to restrict. And then the times where you don't feel like you've restricted enough, but you allow yourself to have the item, it can maybe bring up unwanted feelings, very much, I want to say unwarranted feelings because food should never make you feel guilty. But a lot of the times when people realize that they've overindulged or overeaten, potentially on a really frequent basis, they don't feel very, very good about their decisions. So this can be contributed to because sometimes emotional triggers can significantly influence overeating by creating a strong connection between emotions and food. Now, this can work positively and negatively because sometimes you can have a really fond memory around food, but that doesn't necessarily mean you need to have it every time you're in that circumstance. For example, I talk about this with my clients in that my beautiful nan used to love Maltesers and we, when we would go visit her, I smile because it's a beautiful memory and that's where there is some really nice emotion to food. Whenever we would go and have cups of tea with her, she would always have her Maltesers out and we would, you know, share some Maltesers. I I love that. I absolutely love it because it's one of my fond memories of her. Now, if I had have gone and sat with her and said, no, Nan, I'm on a diet. I'm not having Maltesers. I wouldn't have created those beautiful memories. I would have looked at that like, oh, okay. And she really enjoyed it as well, you know. And so sometimes there are some positive emotions connected with food. Often when I have Maltesers now, I think about my Nan. But I also don't have Maltesers every single day. However, potentially if I was feeling really sad or I missed my nan, that could be a habit that I fall into to remind myself of potentially good times or soothe or, you know, look for comfort. So food is often associated with comfort and again, sometimes with positive emotions and sometimes also with stress, sadness, loneliness, boredom, all of these different things can actually trigger people to to go into like you know, an overeating state because we're just looking to deviate. The same thing happens with find 
a lot of the time, it's not just, I should say, it's not, it's not, it's not just with women, but because I wait mainly work with women, it's probably why I think there's a correlation, but often I have friends or women that I've worked with and they're like, I've had such a stressful day. I've come home and I've had a wine. I just, I need to have a wine. We don't need to have one. We chose to have one. But a lot of the times, wine feels, wine is, alcohol is a muscle relaxant. So that feeling that people get when they first have a wine and it starts to absorb into their bloodstream, their muscles start to relax. When we're stressed, we tense everything up. We feel tight. We feel sore. We feel stiff. We feel uncomfortable. So sometimes then people associate that feeling of relaxation because there's muscle relaxant with the alcohol, with with, alcohol, with wine or alcohol, whatever it is. So when they are stressed or they're having a hard time at work, they'll come home and they will have a glass of wine to unwind. But every time they have a stressful day, that's sort of the thing that they go and look for is, oh, okay, well, oh, yeah, that helps me. That helped me unwind last time, so I'm going to do that again. However, it does severely disrupt your sleep. So a lot of the things that we might use or have or when we're overeating, really highly palatable foods, you know, things that might be high in fats, sugars, salts, things that we feel like we really can't just like stop at a single serve portion because these foods can sometimes reward the the brain's pleasure system. So the brain's reward system can reinforce the connection between emotions and eating. Like consuming these palatable foods, especially the ones high in sugar and fat, can activate reward pathways, creating a sense of pleasure and like temporary relief from certain emotions. This reinforcement then strengthens the emotional link to consuming that food and maybe over consuming it. So sometimes this can happen like mindlessly as well. You know, it's really difficult to make logical decisions with most things when you're feeling tired or you're in some kind of, you know, discomfort. So if you mindlessly eat, say if you're eating, this happens a lot at like parties, particularly around Christmas time or whenever you go to like somewhere where they've got a big grazing platter or roaming food, you'll be like, oh yeah, I'll taste that because you're at a, you know, you probably, you might be drinking, so your inhibitions are lower. You might have gone there a little bit hungry thinking, oh, well, you know, I'm going to get some calories from alcohol, maybe some food, so I'm just going to go there hungry. It's not something I recommend. I always try and get my clients to have a really nice nutritious meal before they go somewhere where they might be drinking so that they don't engage in mindless eating. When you're around like a grazing platter, you often don't realize how much you're taking off the platter because you're just eating small bits at a time. And a lot of the times they can be cheeses or really, really energy dense foods. But because you may have not had a main meal, you might not actually realize you might've consumed more energy than a main meal. And because you're in like this social situation, you don't always like realize what you're doing because you're socializing, you know, and that's where that food and connection comes in. But especially at this time of year, We are socializing a lot. So it's really important to go, okay, how can I sort this out if changing my body composition is something that I really want to do? And that's not going in full restriction because as you know, from what we were just talking about, you know, over restriction can lead to overeating. So we have to be aware of like social and cultural influences because they definitely play a role with, you know, celebrations and gatherings because they involve a lot of foods and you feel like you're contributing to the association between emotions and eating. So what we want to try and think about, especially coming up to this tail end of the year is how many of these days in the silly season do I really need to be, you know, super, super like celebratory? Not every situation requires you to like sort of deviate from your like new normal or habits, but we tell ourselves, oh, it's Christmas time. It's fine. If you do that every single weekend for the next five weeks, you're going to be piling things up quite a lot. But if you actually think about it and you're like, okay, well, say, you know, from, you know, oh, whatever, the 23rd of November to the 1st of January, I saw this in a post the other day. It's about 39 days, right? If you have about five celebrations in that 39 days, you're only looking at about 12% 
of your days where you may have had a relaxed eating style, right? That's not very much. It works out to about 87%, right? So when you look at 87% of the time you were focused and on, that's not probably going to be enough to push you into a surplus unless you're doing it really, really frequently. It's much easier to do it frequently when you don't understand the energy content of things, which is why I find the posts on my Instagram that people really enjoy are the ones where we're doing food comparisons, where we're realizing that, say, there might be a food item we don't realize how energy dense it is because it's either small or it's a liquid that we may be eating more than what we actually need. This happened to me and my friend when we were up in Noosa over the weekend. When you're traveling, sometimes it's really difficult to, you know, stay in like your focused zone. You can only do the best with what you've got. And so we went to Boost Juice and that might surprise a lot of people because people think that I don't like Boost Juice. I actually don't have a problem with it when you understand how to balance out your day. For for us, I know exactly how much energy is in something. So it was really easy for me to go, okay, well, I'm really craving a smoothie. This is my only option because we didn't have many cooking utensils where we were. So I can get this, but I also know what I want to back back that up with so that I can balance out my day. So that was fine. I get the Tropical Storm. I used to work at Boost Juice. It's not usually on the menu, but it's I find it really, really delicious. It's quite sweet. It does have things like coconut milk in it and they use their, I think it's still called TD4 frozen yogurt, which is actually just their brand of frozen yogurt. And it is quite high in sugars. I already know that. But again, when you know how to balance, you can factor in anything. And while we were standing there, my friend Annie was talking about the protein balls. And she's like, I used to have two of those protein balls for my uni snack when like I was in between classes and whatnot. And she's like, they taste exactly like the rumbles that you get at Christmas. And I was like, what? She goes like, legit, they're so similar. So I wouldn't be surprised if they have almost the same ingredients. So we went and checked it out and lo and behold, she was spot on. There was, you know, the rumbles that you have at Christmas minus the rum, because I don't know, we didn't have the ones with actual rum in them when we were kids, probably because it was actual rum, or maybe it's because they just don't taste that nice. They're much better when they're just like the condensed milk and the arrowroot biscuits. They're so delicious. Love them. Very Moorish, very easy to eat lots of. So when we had a look at the ingredients, one of the first things that was listed was like biscuits. And we're like, oh, these are labeled as a protein ball, which can be really, really confusing because some people be like, oh yeah, I do want to up my protein because people keep telling me that protein makes me full. So I'll get one of these. Now, one of those little balls was, I think around 204 or 206 calories. In terms of energy, the same as a small McDonald's fries, but most people would and eat two small McDonald's fries. I mean, maybe they just get the large, but they would understand that's that's the food item as what it is, and they kind of recognize it as a sometimes food. The protein ball people might have in addition to whatever they're getting from Boost Juice. Now, two of those protein balls actually was the equivalent energy to my whole half a liter of Boost Juice. So my whole half a liter of Boost Juice was my whole meal for the morning. That was my breakfast. If I had have got, you know, two protein balls instead, I probably would have needed to eat rather quickly because there's not a large volume of food. Now, that being said, when you have a meal that is just liquid, like a juice, you are going to digest it really, really quickly and maybe get hungrier quite soon. So I would always follow up a meal like that with something that is quite sort of like cruciferous or dense just to make sure that my body is getting some fiber, lots of vitamins and minerals, and maybe something that's a little bit lower in carbohydrates and sugars so that things balance out a little bit. But When I'm talking like that, I know that that's not information that everybody knows, but it is really, really valuable to learn when you maybe want to change your body composition. So one of the things that can really help with overeating and with portion control is learning about your balance of macronutrients as well as prioritizing micronutrients. So your macronutrients are your proteins, fats, and carbohydrates. Your micronutrients are like your vitamins and minerals. And getting the balance of these right can actually really help preventing overeating. This is because protein and fiber-rich foods, they promote feelings of fullness, reducing the likelihood of you being hungry. Now, I've used this example many, many times before. 
And I also just spoke about the your McDonald's small chips, about 206 calories. Now, you could eat McDonald's small chips and feel like you either need more food or need to eat very soon after. In order to get the equivalent amount of energy out of, say, like a whole food or a cruciferous vegetable, I'm going to use Brussels sprouts because the equivalent is around about 22 to 24 Brussels sprouts for 206 calories. Again, no one is going to eat that volume of Brussels sprouts. I wouldn't recommend it either because you might end up with a sore tummy. What people would do is they would probably eat about five or six. One, the food is not highly palatable. They're very, very good for you. I actually think baked sprouts are delicious. They're one of my favorite things. And I'll often have them with a snack with maybe like a little bit of hummus or even some cottage cheese. They hit the spot. You're getting in lots and lots of fiber. Um, you're getting in some green cruciferous vegetables. And when you pair them with cottage cheese, you're also getting a little bit of protein in there as well. So that's going to make you feel fuller for a lot longer than your, say, small McDonald's fries or even, say, your boost protein ball. So consuming things like complex carbohydrates can help maintain a steady blood sugar level and also preventing those energy-like crashes and cravings. Quite often, overeating might happen in the afternoon, and it can be because somebody hasn't had a large volume of food for their first two main meals because they're thinking, oh, well, you know, I'm just going to have my shake for breakfast. So they digest really quickly. They push through to lunch, and it's very, very small. And then all of a sudden, the afternoon happens, and they haven't had a lot of complex carbohydrates or maybe even their proper amounts of their macronutrients. So their energy is starting to fall. And that's usually when people are like, oh, I need chocolate or I need another coffee or I need something like that to get me through until dinner time rather than thinking, okay, well, maybe actually if I just bogged up my two first meals of the day, maybe that would prevent me wanting to overeat in the afternoon. So your nutrient-dense foods are going to provide essential vitamins and minerals, and sometimes that can reduce the body's urge to overeat. And also, it's going to help your nutritional requirements. All of your like your whole foods, your foods, I call them like the alive foods, new fruits and vegetables, things like that, they really help your body thrive. The more that you eat them, the more that you crave them. It is it's not surprising to me because this happens so frequently with a lot of the women that I train and they're like, they might go on a holiday or a weekend away and they're like, I cannot wait to get back to my veggies because they know how good those foods make them feel. They've also populated their gut microbiome with lots of bacteria that likes to feed on those foods. So that's where nutrient density can really play a part. And it's also why I often, you won't see me promoting like low calorie foods. Like you don't seem, everyone knows what I'm going to say. I feel like I feel like somebody's going to tell me about it. Of course, I'm going to say rice cakes. Rice cakes, cruskets, like popcorn. They're just not very nutrient-dense foods. They're also really easy to overeat on. Like I know that if I sat down and had, I don't know, four cruskets with, I don't know, tomato and cheese on them, I'm going to be hungry within a minute, like in a minute. I am somebody who really promotes volume eating, nutrient dense, but low calorie foods. And even when I was away with my girlfriend this weekend, she was like, you eat so much food all the time. She says it every single time we go away. And it's true. I eat a very large volume of food, but a lot of people would be surprised that it actually isn't a huge amount of calories because the foods that I eat, low calorie, but nutrient dense. And that's why a lot of my recipes, say my zucchini pizza or my cauliflower rice risotto, everyone's like, oh, she just wants to go low carb. No, I don't. I definitely want my clients and myself to be eating carbohydrates. That's the main fuel for your brain. So people that go on very, very low carbohydrate diets can often report feeling very, very foggy. And often when you restrict a macronutrient, your body one, needs these macronutrients, right? Needs it to perform different functions. Each of the macronutrients sort of helps different parts of the body tick over. So when you remove one whole like macronutrient, your body can sometimes then make you crave certain things and you might overeat on other things 
even though you're trying to avoid something else. For example, there was a period of time where a lot of people were avoiding, they wanted low fat everything, like low fat everything, which meant people tend to eat more carbohydrates because they had removed fat. But healthy fats contribute to the satisfaction after meals. They also help regulate energy release. They also help with your hormones, okay? So it's not like you want to cut out all fats, And then we went the complete opposite way and everyone's like, you've got to get your healthy fats in. But no one told anyone what energy is an healthy fat. And then all of a sudden we got people eating like one and a half avocados every day along with their feta and smoked salmon and, you know, their olive oil drizzle and pepitas on it. Like you end up with this meal that ends up being super, super heavy in fats, probably way more than what we need. So there is this, you want to find this really, really nice balance, okay? So just so that you can provide yourself one with all the essential vitamins, minerals, and macronutrients that you need to function really well, but also that helps you maintain like steady blood sugar levels, helps reduce your energy crashes and potentially even your cravings. So your cravings can often lead to you wanting to overeat. So another thing that can sometimes lead to overeating, particularly if you're following a calorie counting method is like I was talking about before, you can't, you don't understand how to balance out your macro and micronutrients. So sometimes people might go onto like an eating plan and they're like, okay, I just have to stay under whatever the number is 1500 calories for example just need to stand to that and i'm going to be in a calorie deficit but they fill that 1500 calories with sort of like high energy but low nutrient quality food which is going to make them feel really really hungry so for example somebody might go okay well i'm just going to have i don't know a piece of peanut butter toast for breakfast then i really like Guzmani gomez so i'm going to go there and that might end up being their like full like a thousand calories and they've only got maybe 500 to play with for the rest of the day because they haven't had a large volume of food they might not feel like they've eaten a lot by three o'clock, they're going to go, I'll go for a chocolate bar. There's another 200 calories. And then for dinner, well, you've only got 300 calories to play with, but that might for them, because they don't know how to volume eat for like a low amount of calories. They'll go, oh, well, I'll just have like a can of soup or something. Then all of a sudden they're quite low in protein. And if they do this long enough and they're not hitting their macro and micronutrients, they're probably going to feel like they're quite low energy. So it's really important to understand and dive deep into this if you want to create long-lasting change and sustainable change. And you've got to work out how your body functions best. Like when I was saying, we were talking about if you restrict one macronutrient over the other, you may not feel like you function best. I have clients that function better on a higher carbohydrate diet. You know, I always put them on a generally pretty high protein diet, but maybe they prefer lower fats. I have some clients that particularly prefer higher fat foods, like things like your avocados and things like that. So we make a provision for that so that they've got flexibility with what they can choose and when they want to choose it. And then they get to eat intuitively because you're not going to feel like eating the same thing every day. Or maybe that's just me. I want my clients to learn how to eat so that they can adapt for life, aka when they go on holidays and there's not many breakfast options around, they may want to go or have to go to Boost Juice. But you don't want to think, oh, well, that's not on my meal plan. How am I going to get around this? They know. They go, okay, just exactly like I did. I can go to Boost Juice. I know exactly what I can follow that up with later. And I'm still going to be like within my sort of energy requirement range. One thing that I do find is quite common if somebody is on like a calorie counting plan and they don't have the right sort of information around this is that they might tend to bank calories, which is like, or deliberately under eat to save their calories for later. Now, this like I said before, that restriction can sometimes lead to overeating. So when you restrict your calorie intake significantly before an anticipated indulgent meal or event, 
you're probably going to arrive hungry, (laughs) making it more challenging to make mindful and controlled food choices. The prolonged period of hunger can then trigger intense cravings and reduce your ability to recognize your satiety cues. So you may end up eating more to compensate, or maybe the food that you're being given is like, you know, say it's a small protein ball. You're like, that's not going to fill me up. I also don't think that's a lot of energy. So you eat more and more of those things because they're small volumes of food. They just happen to be high energy. So then you're more likely to overconsume when you've got all of these different food options and you actually don't know how much you're having, but all you're trying to do is cue or fix your hunger cue because you're feeling really, really hungry. Now, additionally, feeling overly deprived might contribute to a mindset that encouraged compensatory overeating, okay? You might compensate for that. Your body seeks to make up for that earlier calorie deficit. Like I was talking about at the start of the episode where people restrict like for five days and then think, oh, on the weekend, you know, it's okay because I've been in you know, calorie deficit for a long period of time, this won't matter. But it's not actually usually the way it works. So this approach is less sustainable and can sometimes contribute to the cycle of overeating and restriction rather than a balanced and health conscious approach to eating. So the way that I teach my clients, if they have something coming up, we usually like to plan out what they're doing over the weekend so they can go in with a really clear and like confident plan, especially when they're learning so they don't find it overwhelming and they know exactly how to balance out. We've got that flexibility because they know what their portion sizes are and they also know, okay, I know how much energy is in something like that. I'm choosing to have that in this occasion, which means that I know how to balance out on the other side. And that's what makes the program so flipping effective. And it's why a lot of my clients, yes, they might come back for a little bit of maintenance every now and then, you know, I go to my coach when I'm like, oh, I'm just feeling like I need to re- like rezone or like refocus in. And then I go into a focused period and that's absolutely okay. I always liken it to just like taking your car in for a service. So what can you do And in particular, this is really relevant at this time. What can you do to prevent these things from happening? So first thing is don't restrict, okay? Don't think you need to eat really small amounts of food, you know, for long periods of time in order to stay in your calorie deficit, okay? I would also suggest learning how to volume eat nutrient-dense food that happens to be lower in calories. So, you know, your non-starchy vegetables are amazing for this, you know? Zucchini pizzas, cauliflower risottos. This is how I can eat such a large volume of food. I enjoy eating large volumes of food because it keeps me full for a really, really long time. I'm also doubling down because I'm getting in an abundance of beautiful vitamins, minerals, and nutrients. So you want to also think about portioning out your food. Now, if you don't know how to do this because you're not quite sure where to start or what your energy requirements are, a really easy way to do this is start by filling half of your plate with vegetables or salad. Then go one quarter of like a lean protein and maybe the other quarter is maybe like a whole grain or a carbohydrate-based thing. This can sometimes just be a really easy way when you're just getting started to go, okay, like how do I want to plate my food up? Another really good option is plating your food up because when you are at something with roaming food or you're at a barbecue, you can go back three or four times and you don't necessarily know how much you've had. But if you make one plate of food, sometimes that's a really easy way of going, okay, this is my protein section. This is my like you know, fresh food, whole food section. And then these are, you know, my, my carbohydrates. That way you'll actually be able to visually see how much volume of food that you're eating. And then you can also then just like have a little pause once you've had your plate of food and say, do I actually need more? Should I wait a little bit and just see how that food digests? Make sure that my hunger cues, see if they dissipate. If they don't, then maybe go back, but be a bit more mindful about how you're consuming foods, in particular at this time of year. You know, not every occasion that you have leading up to Christmas requires you to go, oh, well, it's Christmas. Like, to be honest with you, your partner or your husband's work Christmas party, I mean, you're there and it's really nice to celebrate the time with them. But is that really a time that you want to like spend all your energy tickets? 
No, because I'd rather be doing that with my own friends. I'd rather be doing that with my own family, you know? So there are different occasions where you don't really have to indulge in the celebration. You can still be there and enjoy the social occasion, but you can also choose to go, yeah, you know what? Like I definitely have a different day that I'd rather maybe relax a little bit and create memories with family and friends. So practicing these things like mindful eating and eating slowly, being really present can sometimes take away the need to distract with food or drink. Now, another thing that you can also do, especially if you are going to multiple occasions sort of every weekend leading up to Christmas, and this is just in general, you don't have to do this just at this time of year, is make some healthy swaps or I like to call them level ups. You don't have to miss out on foods that you love, maybe just making a small, simple change aka changing from one brand of like hummus to another can actually save you like 40 or 50 calories per serve. You know, switching from biscuits with dip to veggie sticks and dip. Win-win, you're getting a high nutrient, low calorie option that you can still enjoy the dip and it's part of a grazing platter, but you're not unnecessarily having like some sort of like starchy or processed food that you don't necessarily need. It's not going to contribute to your overall health goals. These, I love putting up healthy swaps on my Instagram because I find them, people find them really, really helpful. It's also amazing to see how all the small things can really add up. And I often think about, I used to work in finance. So I often think about things in terms of numbers. I joke a little bit because, you know, what I used to do as a job was really like you had to get down to the dollars and cents. Like it was integral because you were working with people's superannuation and whatnot and it was investing. So you had to know where all the money was going. You couldn't get that wrong. But can can a gal miss a few reps when she's counting out her clients? Yes, because I'm often looking at their form. I'm like, okay, we've got four more. And they're like, we definitely don't. I definitely have two. And I'll be like, we're going to do four. But you know, always more reps than less. So when it comes to seeing how much energy is in things and really understanding that the small things all add up. So if you can save, you know, 50 to 100 calories per day by making a small swap that doesn't necessarily inconvenience you or make you feel like you're taking away from your experience, then why wouldn't you do it? It's kind of like the same theory of, you know, I know a lot of people are going to like hate this. I don't drink coffee. So, you know, but if you were to buy a coffee every single day, say it's like, let's go with a nice even round number. I'm pretty sure they're more than $5 these days, but let's go with five. It's $35 a week versus making your coffee at home where I'm sure like maybe a bag of coffee beans might be like $40 that would last you two weeks. A lot of people would be like, oh, it's not the same when you make it at home. But you can save yourself a lot of money over a very long period of time. And this is the way I like to look at Calories, you know, if you can save yourself small amounts of calories here and there, it will add up over time. It's like investing and it's a really, really cool way to look at it and be like, well, why wouldn't I do that? You know, you can have 100 calories of popcorn, which may not fill you up for very long, or you can have a whole apple and you'll be like, oh, yeah, I'm no longer hungry. Like a difference. There's a difference. You also get a lot more vitamins, minerals, and fiber out of the apple than what you would the popcorn. But a lot of people are like, oh, that's a low calorie snack. And I really feel like having that. But then they're hungry five minutes later and they've got to push through their hunger. So making your healthy swaps and level ups, if you need some good inspo, jump onto my Instagram. Then you just want to plan ahead. So if you've got like an indulgent or social meal or gathering with friends, maybe just make sure that your meals either side of it, like I was doing with my boost juice maybe just make sure that they offer a really, really nice balance to that. Not every meal that you have to have out needs to be a super big occasion. Choose the ones that are like, you know, most important to you. I have a lot on this weekend. I've got a lot of celebrations. It's Robbie's birthday on Monday. Do I need to make sure I go all out at every single event, even though I'm having it like with lots of different like groups of friends? No, I do not. No, I do not. I'm going to pick the ones that I feel like, okay, I'm really going to enjoy that. And then I'm also just going to balance it out on the other side. Okay. So 
you really want to make sure that you don't go places hungry. You want to plan ahead, see what occasions mean the most to you. And then also know what your emotional triggers are. Know that if you're somebody who does stress eat, try and figure out what it is that might cause you to do that and try and break this cycle. You know, sometimes I will often just say to clients, look, I know that you're feeling this way right now. Why don't you just go and put on one of your favorite songs? Just like like mine would be Taylor Swift, Shake It Off. Always, actually anything by Taylor Swift, let's be honest. And sometimes all I need to do is just get out of that state and that just creates enough space for you to go, okay, I don't need to do that. Just testing it out. You know, it's not going to work every single time because my friend, lastly, the most important thing that you can do throughout this is please be patient with yourself, okay? Developing healthy eating habits and positive associations with food takes time. You have to think about how long most of us have been conditioned to not like our bodies and have really weird feelings around food and think that we need to deprive and restrict and undereat and overtrain. That's been a long period of time. It's going to take quite some time to untangle all of those thoughts and behavior patterns. So don't be too hard on yourself. If you feel like you've slipped up, look at it objectively. Okay. It happens. We're human. You've just got to be open to making mistakes and going, okay, I'm going to try a different way next time. You know? So what we do is that we just get so hard on ourselves, believe that we've ruined it. And I use this analogy a lot is that like, if you were to spill a cup of coffee in your kitchen on the kitchen bench, you're not just going to be like, well, the bench is ruined. I'm just going to keep pouring coffee all over this thing you clean it up. Like that's it. You don't dwell on it. You're like, okay, that was annoying, but I'm going to clean that up. And the same thing can be said if you end up in a period where maybe you have, you know, overeaten or maybe eaten too large of portions, that is something that you can do. You can just be like, all right, how do I effectively clean this up in a logical way, in an unemotional way that's going to be more positive for both my mental and physical health further on. And I must say at the end of all of this, if you feel like you do have some serious issues with potentially overeating or portion control that may be a little bit deeper than what I've discussed today, please reach out to a qualified medical professional. Anything that I talk about on this podcast is general in nature. It is not gospel. It is not personalized advice. And I do need to make sure that it's within my scope of practice. So these are just sort of my opinions and my experiences. If you have any sort of issues where you're feeling like you're really struggling with with this, it is always advisable to go and seek professional medical advice. If you're not sure where to go, start with your GP and they will either be able to refer you on to the right qualified individual. So my friends, hopefully this has given you some good strategies to implement potentially over the silly season. And if you do and they help you, please do let me know. Otherwise, it could have just given you some more insight into why this might potentially happen and maybe what you can do about it. If you like this one, please do let me know and share this with anyone you think might benefit from it. And until next time, my friends, remember, once you know, you know.